Hey there, friends, it's Nick, and this is episode 313 of the Story Hacker podcast. Right, so here we are, we're following along Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, reading along the Hero with a Thousand Faces book, and um, we've gone through this process, we've left the ordinary world, we've encountered the goddess, we've been tempted, we've atoned with the father, the hero has passed through all these stages, and now they are ready to receive their gift, which Campbell calls the ultimate boon. Now, the ultimate boon is, in some sense, well, he talks about it in in mythological sense as being the kind of the everlasting life, the inexhaustible dish, um, symbolising the perpetual life-giving, form-building powers of the universal source. But um, here we, again, we're heading deep into psychoanalysis analytic territory here and he says um, get this such imagery can be readily interpreted as primarily even though perhaps not ultimately psychological for it is possible to observe in the earliest phases of the development of the infant symptoms of a dawning mythology of a state beyond the vicissitudes of time these appear as reactions to and spontaneous defenses against the body destruction fantasies that assail the child when it is deprived of the mother's breast. <laughs> now, now, I mean, I've said before, I'm, I, I don't know what I think about psychoanalysis. I, I, I do know, as a storyteller, I know that it is much, much easier to create a story to fit the facts than it is to find out what's really going on behind the facts. And we've talked before on this podcast about how, in one sense, all stories are simplifications. And I, you know, my my gut feel is that 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 is a massive simplification. But another, he says, another image of indestructibility is re- indestructibility is represented in the folk idea of the spiritual double, the eternal soul, which we're all very familiar with in Christian culture, um, and um, well, and many religions. An external soul not affected by the losses and injuries of the present body, but existing safely in some place removed. And, you know, he's talking about, in this chapter, he's talking about the various myths and legends, whether it's, you know, the gods on Mount Olympus drinking uh, ambrosia, or whether it's the, you know, Wotan in in his hall, sort of eating the everlasting feast. And, um... Again, it's this idea of, of somehow moving beyond um, destructibility, moving beyond hunger. He says it is obvious that the infantile fantasies which we all cherish, still in the unconscious, play continue, still in the unconscious, play continually into myth, fairy tale, and the teachings of the church as symbols of indestructible beings. And. Um, What he does, actually, which is quite interesting, I think, is he draws a distinction between heroes who really, really reach this this sort of end state and perhaps the, you know, the ones that that get so far and then stop. And I think, you know, if you take some what he says is if you really get it, then the conflict after that is sort of effortless. And I guess I'm thinking of sort of Neo in the Matrix when he really understands who he is and what he can do. 
you know he can he can beat the agents with a hand in fact even with without a hand you know he just uh you know he is sort of all powerful in that sense or something like um poe in the kung fu panda if you haven't seen kung fu panda give yourself a treat watch kung fu panda but at the end again he's come to understand who he is and what he represents and you know he literally has the power in his little finger if you remember um to to defeat the bad guy um and what he's talking about this is campbell now not kung fu panda is that um he says the gods as icons are not ends in themselves their entertaining myths transport the mind and spirit not up to but past them into the yonder void and he says um whereas a final boon all existence whether heavenly earthly or infernal may at last be seen transmuted into the semblance of a lightly passing recurrent mere childhood dream of bliss and fright and the same meta theological insight seems to have been what is suggested in dante's final verses where the illuminated voyager at last is able to lift his courageous eyes beyond the beautific vision of father son and holy spirit to the one internal light and in other words the gods and goddesses are embodiments and custodians of this elixir this sort of um, imperishable being but they are not themselves they are not it themselves and the heroes that really get it they go beyond it they go out into the kind of the, the void i guess he's saying and um it's interesting because he talks a little bit about how this kind of search for physical immortality, which in some sense the world has been engaged in for a long time, is missing the point. You know, it's missing the point because essentially what he's saying is, uh, on the contrary, the basic problem is to enlarge the pupil of the eye so that the body with its attendant personality will no longer obstruct the view. Immortality is then experienced as a present fact. It is here. It is here. And then he quotes from the Tao Te Ching, which I've talked about before on this podcast. All things are in process, rising and returning. Plants come to blossom, but only to return to the root. Returning to the root is like seeking tranquility. Seeking tranquility is like moving towards destiny. To move towards destiny is like eternity. To know eternity is enlightenment. And not to recognise eternity brings dis disorder and evil. And um, in one set, he, he touches on the, the story of King Midas, which you'll know, you know, the one who was lucky enough to get a, uh, a gift from Bacchus, the god Bacchus, and allowed him to turn everything he touched to gold, in, including, of course, his daughter. And I think, you know, the, um, the message really is that the real heroes break through, they break beyond and they see themselves not as personifications, but are just part of this, this eternal sort of cycle. And, you know, as, <laughs> as uh, Mufasa says in uh, The Lion King, you know, we eat the antelope, but when we die, we become the grass and the antelope eat the grass. And uh, this, this actually marks the end of the initiation. So the hero has done his job. He has his boon which of course in in stories will be 
you know, the thing that he was searching for. You know, he'll have faced his fear, his greatest fear. He'll have atoned with the father. And then he will get as a reward the thing that he has been searching for. And in the next episode, we're going to start on the return journey, which is just a few stages as we step back from this magical world into the ordinary world. So we are about to embark on the return. And uh, I look forward to being back with you then. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Nick. Thanks again for listening. To dig deeper, search for story.business.